This is Growing My B2B Brand, where we look at ways that companies can grow into the next level and achieve their goals. We'll look at improvements that are immediately actionable. Let's get started. So today we're joined by Kira Chernikovsky, and she and I are in the same community. We're in this peak community, which is a great community of marketers. And she recently started her own company as well. So I invited her to be on our show today, and I'm really excited uh, to hear what she is uh, working on and has to share with us. So thank you so much for joining us, Kira. Nice. Nice to meet you, Athena. <laughs> and thanks, Kara, for inviting me. I feel like we're soul sisters yeah, in our right? own businesses. Yeah, looks like. Yeah, so thanks for having me. And indeed, Peak is a great community. That's where we met. Community for innovative marketers who learn from each other and support each other. And that's partly what inspired me to change a bit or a lot what I do. So I have been working in B2B marketing across startups and corporate organizations in Israel, in North America, different industries for a while. And when the COVID hit, I realized that I would be able to help more companies with my vast knowledge. And therefore, I joined forces with my business partner and combined marketing knowledge with technological knowledge. And we are doing what we coined now business automation. So bringing marketing in to grow sales but pouring all that marketing budget and leads into the systems from the get-go and doing that on a very basic level because as far as I have seen, smaller businesses might not have huge budgets in the beginning to enable themselves with marketing technologies and other technologies. Mm -hmm. So we are basically doing marketing and continuing into CRM Mm-hmm. and optimizing the processes and customer lifetime value. So fingers crossed that will go well. <laughs> yeah, well, that sounds, I mean, that's really um, an interesting thing to focus on. So I have a feeling that as you're focusing on business automation, um, really digging into what companies are doing, you know, there has to be a lot of um, challenges in terms of collaboration um, within companies. So, you know, how do you um, handle, you know, that focus on collaborative work within organizations? Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for asking this question. Uh, One of the reasons why I decided to branch out to do my own thing was the article in HBR that I read some time ago. And that was called cross-silo leadership. This is when people actually burst out of their defined job boxes and talk to other people. And then I realized that that is me. It was just easier for me in the marketing role to do that in a startup environment, a bit harder to do in a huge corporate, but that was always me. And I also noticed that not all the people were like that. And therefore, with every client or every organization I partner with, I talk not only to those people who actually hire me, the CEOs, the owners, but all the other associates as well, be those operation managers or salespeople, because my job as the marketing and business automation person is to first understand what's going on in the business Mm -hmm. and then connect the dots in order to provide the solution that fits the company's goals, like to cut out just all the fluff and focus on what really matters. 
yeah. from the side that I can help with, or maybe even, you know, ask additional questions that will spark new ideas on the customer side. Yeah. So what, you know, what's your view on, uh, on why this is good and, and, you know, what's challenging about it? Because I have a feeling this isn't, you know, a walk in the park as you're approaching these things and working through, you know, this with businesses. Well, absolutely. That's about, you know, explaining why you ask those questions, because not everybody understands what marketing or technologies are. And I actually said this word associates in the beginning, and that's not my definition. I stole that from a good friend, a leader, a business leader. And he told me, I don't like to call employees employees because we all actually are associates because we are associated with the organization, with the service, with the product. And it's much easier to do, to achieve the goals together as we associate ourselves with the end goal and we are working towards that goal all together. And that's uh, what I'm trying to do to associate each person with the end goal and how I can help. And then the key there actually, as I was going through all those conversations, is to just understand what that person does Mm. and how that impacts the business overall, overall business health and results. And then in my turn to understand how my work impacts them and how we can make that collaboration more effective or easier. So I'll give you an example from my last uh, job uh, with the big corporate bank. That's from my previous life, I would say. So I was doing product marketing and very challenging job to do with sophisticated products. And very soon, I realized that if I do not talk to multiple, multiple layers uh, of associates on the product side, then I, as a marketer, might be releasing the wrong message because if the functionality is not available in Canada versus in other markets, that would be my mistake. That will, you know, will, will not help the customer to understand what we really sell and how that can help. Uh, their business grow. So I had to make sure I go and talk to people because I just wasn't able to understand from the technological documentation what the products do. So that's just a simple example how I tried not to make mistakes that confuse customers Mm -hmm. and actually don't help us to be even compliant, I would say. Well, do you find, so you know, I've worked with a lot of different, especially software, you know, in startups. Um, How much do people understand, like other people understand how they impact the end goal? And how much do they want to be aligned with the end goal? Because I feel like it's going to expose a lot of people in terms of their roles, and then, you know, how they impact, as I said, the end goal. Um, A lot of people might feel uncomfortable with almost being quantified you know? Well, absolutely. And I must tell you, um, when I just started my career, I was in Israel in a huge organization where my manager was, she was very sharp. She was very result oriented. 
and she made sure each one of us knew that the CEO has the number attached to our position, to our desk, to our table. And that was what you are calling feeling like exposed, feeling washed uh, after or on. So that wasn't cool. And that's where I think if you prepare yourself to be vulnerable and to lead by example, that's much, much easier. And I understand that it really depends on people and on the culture of the organization. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's much easier for some people coming maybe from specific cultures or maybe just being extroverts like I am and coming from Israeli culture, very open, very to the point. It's just easy to start a conversation with anyone about anything like, hey, what do you do? Please explain it to me. I don't understand. And then people explain. And then there is some level of different relationship trusted relationship that drives you forward. But on the other hand, I've also seen that a startup culture might be so different from the corporate culture. In a smaller startup, you see it all on the same floor. It's much easier to have those conversations and maybe other associates also join that conversation and, you know, just we're joining forces. While in the corporate life, I don't like um, to to, you know, expand my understanding to all the companies. But if there is a job description, it's way, way harder to do something that's less expected from yourself. But it, it usually works. It usually works. So I don't know. So let's talk a little bit more about corporate culture or company mm-hmm. culture, because I do feel like, I mean, this is something that I've experienced. It's so different from company to company in terms of, you know, everything from how the CEO portrays themselves in terms of their role and how they engage with other people and, you know, how, like you said, how vulnerable they want to be, you know, to everything from how much does everybody make? We're going to put it on the table as to what everybody's salaries are and, you know, make it just very transparent. Um, And I would think that in terms of, I'm curious, I mean, when you're doing this with business automation, is that part of it? Like, are people really getting down to laying it all out there and being like, okay, you know, so-and-so makes this amount of money, this is what they're being measured up against? Um, Or, you know, is that a, are there ways to make this um, easier, you know, for people that, like you said, might be, have a hard time being vulnerable? And, you know, what can those um, executives and those leadership teams do to really make this um, a good company culture while they're kind of, you know, exposing this a little bit or, you know, making it a little more transparent? Well, that's a very tough question. And I can just bring a couple of examples from my professional life. And again, that leadership style from the top, I find it very, very, very influential because I've seen with, for example, John Flint, their previous HSBC CEO, global CEO, introducing the healthiest human culture where people were put first before processes, before technology. And 
you know what? It made a difference in just half a year because everybody felt that it's coming from the top and John explained what it means. It meant actually be open to feedback, be open to providing feedback, be open to accepting feedback, be critical and just burst out of your box. Um, of course, of course, the company cannot build only on human relationships. There should be the financial revenue component of that, definitely. But that was one of the not so many examples that I've seen in my life where just in half a year, the culture started significantly changing across the globe. And that was just amazing. And again, in the smaller startups that I was working at, maybe the roles also vary because the CEO might stay focused on their financial performance and that would be his or her role to play. But there might be other leaders like chief revenue officer or chief human officer who actually do, you know, transform the culture and do different trainings or just the way they lead their respective teams. Again, they set some kind of um, behavioral example and then other departments who work with those who are changing the behavior are changing themselves as well. So yeah, no a straightforward answer. Yeah. I guess the leader should be eager to change and just believe in that. Yeah. And, and, and be open for, for the criticism. Yeah, oh, I think that's huge because a lot mm -hmm. of people aren't willing to get that back, you know. Um, that's hard. And mm -hmm. so you really, I mean, you're really breaking this down to, you know, an individual level. And I think, you know, thinking about the executives in terms of themselves as individuals, like you're saying with John Flint, for instance, you know, what what can be done when you get down to really that individual human aspect? You know, what are some of the things that you found that work well, um, you know, with, with organizations? Yeah, so I think as it starts from the top, even more important is to start from the bottom, not saying like, we are as individuals are the bottom, uh, we can be the middle or whatever, whatever we are. But starting from ourselves, again, leading by example, is key because, you know, this energy and this behavior is sticking. It's sticking with people. And of course, there will be people who will not like that. But most are actually more open because that just makes us more approachable mm -hmm. and, and the work becomes more conversational. So again, from my example, um, most of the things that worked were uh, a mix of some strategy and methodology with just open communication. Mm -hmm. So first of all, I think stakeholder management, stakeholder mapping exercise that I've done not once in my life really helped me personally. So basically, understanding you in your role and with your impact. Who are those people you are mostly communicating with right now and who actually you should be building relationships with mm -hmm. to make the impact, to change your role, whatever you want to achieve. And if what you have right now is not equal to what it needs to be, that needs to be changed. Yeah. So again, best practices, I think, would be mapping out up to five people 
on different level of engagement in the organization or maybe beyond that because we as marketers we have partnerships right we have influences or uh, whatnot and uh, understanding what is that we want to achieve in the relationships with that stakeholder and how they prefer to communicate and then build strategy for each and every person accordingly so if they love a coffee chat let's do a coffee chat if that's a very structured person, like some of my bosses were, then you cannot come unprepared and just to have a coffee chat. They are busy. They have 15 minutes to chat with you. So build an agenda and maybe schedule that time in the calendar and never miss out on that. Come prepared. And then these relationships will drive results. Then one of the best things and i think like everybody understands that that's obvious but it's hard to make it happen it's things like just job shadowing sitting on the calls with salespeople, especially for me and possibly you as consultants who are coming into different industries different companies we need to you know understand what's going on how the business goes fast and there is no better way than sticking to those who are mm-hmm. in the trenches um, and the last one I would say is using the technology. If the business has technology, pull the data, understand what it means, and then maybe maybe you won't need to spend the other person's time on explaining you what's happening because you can either come with clear conclusions based on the data or ask questions based on that data. So that's my experience stakeholder mapping, stakeholder management, um, shadowing or just trying your best to understand what jobs people do and relying on tech. Yeah, that that's really interesting. I mean, there's a lot of things to think about there. Um, too, so many, too many, too <laughs> many. So you mentioned marketing. So, right, that's part of where we started. So yeah. getting back to that, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, how you are working with, you know, marketing tech, marketing, you know, automation, those kinds of things, as well as the business automation. So you have CRM and you have all of these different processes and parts and pieces, you know, what have, what are some of the interesting things that you found working with marketing and the rest of the organization um, as, as you've kind of explored business automation versus just a marketing, you know, perspective? Yeah, so that's again a great question because there are so many professionals in different marketing technologies and probably you've seen all those mind maps mapping out all the sales technologies and marketing technologies. It's impossible to keep up. So for me, first and foremost, when I come to an organization, I try to map out what they already have and see how that matches, again, our end goal after having talked to all the people, those stakeholders, understanding understanding where I need to take them as a marketing person. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I'm trying to involve um, less additional technology, if possible, so that it's less confusing. Um, If that's really complex, I personally go to either my partner in in the business or involve more technologically educated experts and we have plenty in our community because assumption is the worst that can be done. So I I really want to understand what the technology does. 
And what I found out is people can use any technology, businesses can use any technology, whether it serves their needs or not. But technology, as people, needs to be able to collaborate. Collaborate in the sense that all the different pieces of data should be flowing into uh, some structured place and then can enrich experience of each and every employee in the organization as well as of our customers. Well, again, and that's why we actually implement CRM because CRM can pull that information from any other system. And if the goals and business processes are mapped out well, it's easier to translate them into CRM or other customer or employee-facing technology. And that's where my partner comes into play because the first step will be, yes, maybe now all the technological interfaces that are existing in the organization or that are planned to be acquired or bought. And then just again, going to the essence, to the point, just focusing on what needs to be there in order for us to achieve the goal that we have defined, peeling out all the unnecessary stuff. Well, so I'm wondering, you know, with as you're working through this with all, uh, you know, different kinds of companies, you know, have you found, is there a different difference between how B2B and B2C, um, you know, and how marketing is treated in those different organizations or, you know, how you're being treated or others are treated in terms of, you know, a business automation kind of, uh, you know, experience? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And yeah. Um... Me being in both B2C and B2B organizations, I saw a huge difference judging from my personal experience. And that's where I became an advocate for marketers to take more active role in building that collaborative approach to work. Because in B2C companies, in, in many cases, marketing plays the acquisition role. So we as marketers acquire customers. So take gaming industry, for example, where through search engine marketing, through PPC ads, through banner ads, we are acquiring players directly for the platform, for the game, for for lottery, whatever it is. And so we have a role to play as marketers. We have budget, we are the decision makers. Well, in other, let's say, B2B organizations who are product or sales driven, I have seen that marketing is less passive and we are often just order takers and everybody of course knows how to do marketing. And therefore, if we are not taking an active stand, not asking those questions, we are less able to provide reliable, relevant solutions. And that's where we kind of need to fight for every penny of our budgets. Well, do you think that that leads into some of the misconceptions that people have about marketing and how we can help shape an organization? Because sometimes they have a very different view of our role within an organization and what we do and what we should do, you know? Yeah, totally. I honestly believe that marketing can play a way better role just because we are uniquely positioned in the center of the company. So we talk to sales, we talk to management, we talk to IT, we talk to product, to everybody. 
And it would be a shame not to utilize that knowledge, not to connect the dots and help others to connect those dots. And moreover, the more I do marketing, the more I see the potential because I don't think that such functions or capability, capabilities of marketing as, let's say, research or customer experience, I know that's a bit into death tone, but really customer experience, uh, customer feedbacks are integrated well into how the company can transform its offering on the way it talks to customers and the world outside there. And also I've seen that internal communications, for example, can play a huge role de-siloing those you know, interactions because if we are connecting information anyways, we should be able to connect people, we should be influencing technology choices and, mm -hmm. and whatnot. And being just aware of how we can help and vocalizing that might help us sit at the table more often. Oh yeah, I mean, I totally, I really totally agree with that because it's something that I have fought for as I go mm -hmm. in organizations, especially when I'm working full time with an organization of saying, you know, yes, I'm, I'm a marketer, but I need to have a seat at the table with the executive team. I need to know what's going on from a financial perspective to a product perspective to, you know, all of these different areas an HR perspective, because I can help you in all of these. It's kind of like looking at a customer life cycle, right? We're looking at- Absolutely. Customer, the life cycle of the organization and how everything flows. And, you know, I can help with internal communications, you know, I can help with, you know, investor communications. I mean, you know, the, with working with the board, working with, you know, all of these different things. So, you know, it's not just marketing to customers. And I, I think that while that's an important, uh, you know, maybe arguably the most important part of our job, right? Um, I think that, you know, people shouldn't lose sight of all of the great things that we can bring to the table. So yeah, and yeah, just to add to that is it's on us to find the ways to redefine marketing or even marketing in a specific organization. So if we as marketed, marketers don't educate each and every of our stakeholder or don't do quarterly webinars or meetups where we show the work that we have done, and showcase examples, people don't have that light bulb moment. So it's a must. No, I know. I mean, it's <laughs> always something that we have to work towards, but you know, I think that's part of why you and I are both part of the peak community because we want to totally. keep pushing ourselves forward and it really does help to keep us at the forefront of our field. Um, and to, you know, we encourage each other to really, you know, push the, you know, move forward. Um, so you That's know, for sure. say, I'm so glad you could join us today and I really appreciate you being on here and, um, you know, I hope we can see you again soon. So thank you, Kira. Thank you, Kara. And good luck with everything you do. Thank you for joining us for growing my B2B brand. I know you'll enjoy our next episode where we look at ways that companies can immediately grow and improve. Thank you.